Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In his famous spiritual autobiography, The Confessions, in book two, St. Augustine recalls an incident that's often called the incident of the pear tree, which takes place when he is a really not quite a young man. He's still a youth. And what we would call this nowadays is juvenile delinquency. He is out with a bunch of friends, and these are troublemakers, but he's kind of a troublemaker as well. And on the way home, these are kids who have already gotten in trouble, you know, before. On the way home, they see a pear tree, and they say, let's rob that pear tree. We're not actually going to eat the pears. We'll just take a few bites, and we'll throw the rest of the pigs. And what's wrong with this? Well, it's not their pear tree, so this is an act of theft. And theft was taken very seriously in ancient times. We tend to have a bit more of a lackadaisical attitude towards theft and towards property than ancients did. For Augustine, this was something that was definitely wrong. And the question that he's asking himself is one about basic human motivation. What is it that makes us do wrong things? So he's extrapolating from this incident. He's using it as an example to try to figure out what drives us What drives us to do the wrong thing? So he's asking himself this question, why? And he frames it for himself in terms of what was it in that act that he actually loved or enjoyed or desired? What motivated him to do something that he clearly knew was wrong? So that's a very interesting question to begin with. And he he carries out this analysis of what was going on in his mind, comparing his own case to that of others. So he begins by reflecting on what motivates people to do wrong actions in many cases. Well, desire or fear. Desire to have certain goods, which it's wrong for us to to have, not in themselves, but at that time or in that way or because of the things that we have to do in order to get them. Or fear. Fear of losing the goods that we have. Fear of not enjoying future goods that we have lined up for ourselves or we're we're anticipating. What are the sort of things that we feel this towards? Well, wealth is one example. People do a lot of bad things for money or to hold on to money. Fame, honor, pleasure, beautiful things, and security. So these provide a sufficient explanation when somebody does something wrong. You can ask yourself, why did that person kill that other person? Well, he thought that they were going to kill him. He was afraid. Or he wanted to get the inheritance of the person whose will he was in, who he poisoned, so wealth. Or he wanted to sleep with that man's wife, and the guy came in, so he killed him. You know, and we can do this with not only with murder, we can do this with theft, we can do this with everything that we think is a, a bad act. Many bad acts can be explained that simply. There's an intelligibility to them. So Augustine is looking at this particular act, and he, and he says, well, you know, what about these pairs? Were they pretty? Were they desirable? Well, they were pears, so they have a nice taste to them and even a visual appearance. Augustine is very good about describing those sorts of things, but he didn't really want them for that. So what was going on? He says, I wanted to commit the act of theft. These pears were valuable to me 
only insofar as they allowed me to transgress, to do something that I knew and felt was wrong when I was doing it, along with my companions with whom I did it. So what's going on there? He says, well, this is what I really desired. That's what I wanted to take pleasure in. Let's think about the act of theft or the act of doing the wrong thing, the wrong action. There's no intrinsic beauty to committing a wrong action. There may be some effects that come about, like these sort of things over here, where I kill a person because it allows me to protect a great work of art or, or to um, realize this other beautiful thing. But in that case, it's not the act itself that has any sort of beauty to it. It's what's being protected or enabled or, or gotten through that. So the act itself has no beauty. It doesn't even really have an intrinsic desirability to it. So what's going on there? It's not beautiful. Augustine considers another possibility. He says, in the case of a lot of vices, and he gives you a lot of examples of those, which I, I don't need to, to go over in detail. You can read the passage for yourself. He says that this theft did not even have the false or shadowy beauty that belongs to these vices. And why do these vices have a kind of beauty? Well, because they're kind of an imitation of God in, in one way or another. So pride, for example, pride doesn't actually measure up to God, but it makes the person who's engaging in it, and even some people witnessing it, say, wow, there's really something there. And, and Augustine thinks that it does so through imitation of, of God. Or anger, for example, the vice of anger is a problem because anger wants to punish and there's a certain attractiveness to that, but really only the divine can punish. And we could go down a whole bunch of examples of that. Does that work for stealing? Not really. Does that work? We could pick a few other things too. Does that work for lying? No. Because the divine, what would God steal, right? So it doesn't even have this. And yet there is going to be kind of an imitation of the divine there. Augustine says that what I wanted to do was to break the law, to break the law. I wanted to transgress. I wanted to do what was wrong because I was being attracted to doing it because it was wrong. So there is going to be a kind of imitation of God involved there, an imitation of the divine omnipotence and the divine freedom. But it's a mere shadowy imitation. And this leads us to the really interesting metaphysical point that Augustine is going to make. Really, what the theft is, is a big nothing. And the answer to what is it that he really desires about this? Nothing. You might say, well, how can he have any sort of desire then? What can be motivating him? Well, this is where Augustine is doing something really interesting when it comes to the metaphysics of human action. We are capable of turning ourselves away from higher goods and towards lesser goods and even making that turning itself to be something that we sort of invest ourselves in, that we want for its own sake. And when we do that, we are, you might say, participating in a kind of nothingness. The story gets even more interesting because he'll say a little bit after that, it's going to involve another nothing. He says, why the hell did I do it then? 
and he's reconsidering it and he's trying to you know expand it to encompass the entire situation he says well i was doing it with my companions and this isn't something that i would have done by myself as screwed up as i was i would not have actually sought out that nothing on my own so companionship now does that put us back here no, because what was the companionship in? It was in doing the wrong things. So that companionship itself, he says, is a nothing. There's two nothings there. The act itself of theft and the companionship. And these two nothings, you might say, well, how do they differ? Well, they don't differ in anything. <laughs> They're actually, you might say, nothing squared. This is what led him to do what he did. Does this provide a full, adequate explanation for a human action? Does it provide complete intelligibility the way that's saying, well, you did it for the sake of honor? Does. Augustine says no. But this is actually an achievement in understanding the way human beings make decisions, function, work things out. It's one of the potentialities that we have for going wrong. So, to sum up, why did Augustine steal the, the pears? Ultimately because we're able to turn ourselves towards nothing. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.